Welcome to the Vineyard Northridge Weekly Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by our special guest speaker. For more information about our church, visit our website at vineyardnorthridge.org or find us on social media at Vineyard Northridge. And I just want to welcome to the stage Happy and Diane Lehman. Let's give them a warm welcome. good to be back and worship with this awesome Vineyard family. Um, You know already you have fantastic pastors in Neil, Dennis, Wes, actually the whole team. And we've enjoyed getting to know them. We've had, like Neil said, a pretty long friendship. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, it's been tested, you know, by time. But uh, we're grateful to be here and to be part of such an amazing group. And we're just going to continue talking about biblical fellowship, which is what you've been talking about for the past several weeks, in order that you have the full motivation by the Holy Spirit to join one of these connect groups. And uh, we're going to depend on him to do the nudging. But Happy and I know you're in a great season. Uh, really, we were here a year ago, and the church has grown it's healthy. We love all the renovation that's been done. So uh, you're in a great place, and we're thankful to be here at this time. We're going to just take about 30 minutes or so and go back and forth. We'll interrupt each other, and we, we'll celebrate 51 years of marriage here in a week. Yeah. <laughs> no comments. <laughs> No, he can comment all he wants. Uh, But uh, we have been pastoring for a long time, uh, really since 1978. And the thing that we bring today to this time of sharing with you is just a testimony of God's faithfulness in our lives as we have chosen over and over and over again to commit to small groups. And um, so we're going to share what we would consider four of the most important blessings. Uh, We say big blessings out of small groups, Uh, but we'll be very honest. Small groups can be tough. And Hap, you want to quote? Well, yeah, (laughs) a guy I didn't really ever know, but some of you that in church world knew John and Paula Sanford. They were a little older than us, but his son's... Uh, had a son named Warren who made this comment. I think this is vital. Small groups are the most important ministry in the church and the hardest one to keep alive. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. So it's with that <laughs> wonderful positive statement, we're going to tell you how to try to keep them alive, how to have them be fruitful, and see if you can't do some changing because the most change in your life will always come from small groups. Yes, yes. That's going to be really important. We'll say that over and over. And both of us, uh, in, in preparing, we listened to Dennis's amazing message uh, about the presence of God being the most incredible blessing of small group. Absolutely. That where two or three are gathered, and that's a small group, you know, Jesus is there powerfully. We know we carry him in us, but he manifests himself so powerfully in small groups. And then I loved Neil's message just on the importance from Hebrews of 
Wait, this is something where they were already having to be warned. You know, don't stop doing this. You've got to gather together. It's that important. And, you know, we have an enemy. You guys know that. And he has lots of tricks up his sleeves, you know, the least of which is not Netflix and other such things, <laughs> you know, that can keep all of us uh, from having the incredible blessing of small groups. So we're, we are confident uh, you uh, are the home of our relational God who is in ultimate relationship, uh, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and he will do the motivating. Now, we're not newbies to small group at all, and we're not dictators from afar, you know, telling you, like, do this, or, you know, waving the Bible in your face, although we'll use the Bible. I say we've learned a lot through a lot of joy, a lot of sorrow, a lot of disappointment in in small groups. Um, You know, when you get into people's lives and you commit yourselves to one another, it's, yeah, it makes betrayal and... um, yeah, disappointment, that much more painful. But it's totally, totally worth it. Um, and I think probably the thing I always say to people, um, this is going to sound terrible. Is that okay? Yeah. Oh, okay. Sure. okay. I'm kind of going off Let's script. But it's like, I never looked forward to small groups. Like, I'd look at my calendar and go, oh, no, small group on Thursday night. Thank you. Okay, some of you can identify. (laughs) But by the grace of God, and I hope you hear us, because this is a grace-motivated church, over and over and over again, I, we made the choice either to host a small group or to attend a small group. And, I mean, again, it happened this week. So we're hosting a small group this past week on Wednesday night. And what was I saying to you? I was complaining, Lord, I'm sorry. (laughs) I know. I had a good attitude. You did, honey. Your attitude was amazing. No, he was, his attitude, it was so amazing, it really infuriated me. But, (laughs) but, no, it it was. Um, And, and so, Okay, fine. You know, you made the coffee. I made the lemonade. You know, we put out the snacks, and we keep it simple. And you know, uh, in in our home, and wow, it was fantastic. It was. It was I mean, really good. these young people. You know, we're in a university town, University of Illinois, and these young people come, and they're so hungry. And you know, young people actually want to know our opinion which kind of shocks us because we wanted nothing to do with our parents. You know, we're baby boomers, rock and roll generation. You know, they didn't know anything until, obviously, we discovered much too late in life. They knew a lot. Um, So anyway, yes, I had to learn that lesson all over again. But we had a long journey. Well, we have had a long journey. Um, We have tried every small group model known to man. True. <laughs> uh, we started small groups for the wrong reason. I had read one time that Dr. Cho, the pastor in Korea, that had 750,000 people, had small groups. Yeah. So I decided since I wanted to be a big church, I'd have small groups. Well, it was the wrong reason, but God got his point across. I love it. And, oh, God, he just whitewashes our motives. And we started groups back in the 80s, and they've been part of our lives. We've been in, in literally hundreds of groups. Um, we actually went to Singapore twice to study there's a difference in the small group world of there's small group churches and there's churches with small groups. Yeah. And 
we went and we studied and we looked at it and we really loved it. I actually started a ministry called North Star Strategies that was all designed to start small mm -hmm. groups throughout the vineyards. And in fact, I got in so deep, John Wimber one day got upset with me. I was on the Don't national... say who John Wimber was. John isn't? Wimber was the national leader, founder of the vineyard, and he didn't like some of my ideas. We had a little discussion, and he actually jumped over the table and tried to strangle me. Uh, <laughs> but in all fairness, he, a month later, flew from California to our home to reconcile. Again, because, why? Because he knows in the kingdom of God, there's nothing more important, first of all, loving God, but loving one another. So, yes. Yeah, yes. so, yeah. <laughs> but it didn't even upset me that he jumped over the table, because like when your dad gets mad at you, think, oh, it's just my dad getting mad. And so he'll get over it. He got over it, and we went on and uh, stayed on the stayed on the board. It was on the board before and after. Uh, it was just it was kind of temporary bump. But we have literally tried every way we know to get groups going. And I know you're moving like toward the Searcy model, where you have various ideas. And and we've done that one. We've done other ones. Mm -hmm. I mean, let's face it. I work in the Ivory Coast of West Africa. And we're doing something over there called DMM. It just won't work in America, but we're seeing salvations by the thousands mm -hmm. in, in a foreign country. But the conditions are different. So you have to figure out what does this church need? Yes. How does this church respond? And how do we motivate people in Springfield, Ohio versus, you know, Abidjan, Ivory Coast? They're totally different contexts. And I've had a hard time. I'd see a good idea, and I think it always work everywhere, and it won't. So, <laughs> but, honey, uh, I do give you tons of credit that you have been unrelenting in your commitment to small groups and your desire always like, okay, well, how, how can we be faithful to what the scriptures show us? You know, how can we be faithful to be in, in connection with one another? And you have, you, you have really, <laughs> yes, I mean, yes. and, and failure doesn't bother you. Oh, no, it's just one more step in the journey. I know. You just keep going. I, I mean, but there's three things I always wanted to see happen. I wanted to see them uh, relational. Now, relational is yeah. not hard to achieve. Christians like to talk to each other. Mm -hmm. But the next two are challenging. Yeah. I want to see people transformed, and then I want to see them have a mission. So relational, transformational, and missional. Three things we'll talk about. But before we get into specifics, let me pray a moment. Okay. Father, in Jesus' name, this is a precious place. Uh, there's a gateway from heaven into this place. And Lord, I just ask that you take these precious kids of yours and lead them into the fullness of what you want, not only for your kingdom, but for Springfield and the surrounding areas that you would do an amazing work in them. Thank you for their leadership and their team and all the people that have poured out. Lord, bless our words today in Jesus' name. Thank Amen. You. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So... We've kind of called this message, small groups, big blessings. <laughs> Just, uh, again, letting you know that we believe the Holy Spirit has big blessings for those of us who will, by his grace, commit to this. And there are big blessings in small group. And that's not surprising because the scripture is just full of you know, admonitions as we obey the Lord, as we do it his way, you know, not my way, you know, thy kingdom come, not my kingdom come, that blessings are poured out. And it's not a transactional way, like, well, if we do this, God has to bless. No, it's a relationship. 
And I loved in Dennis's message, you know, he pointed out so beautifully, there are at least maybe more of the one another scriptures, you know, pray for one another, confess your faults to one another, forgive one another, love one another, bear one another's burdens, serve one another, all the one another's. And, you know, is it any surprise that, like, right now, the hottest topic in health is mental health, and it has to do with trauma? And I, I won't take a rabbit trail here. I've done quite a bit of reading in the area. And, of course, because we care. We want to see people who've been traumatized healed. But the bottom line for anybody who works in trauma, you already know this, or you've been trained in trauma, the number one healing force, obviously, we would say Holy Spirit, empowered relationships. That it's relationships that really bring the healing that people need who've suffered from trauma. So God knew that long before, you know, the experts discovered it. But our father created a family, and we have a big family. Uh, we have five children, all married, 18 grandchildren, 19 will be born soon. And, you know, families, yeah, they're challenging. <laughs> you know, there's, there's a lot. We say we put the fun and dysfunctional. But everybody has dysfunction, okay? And but learning, that's how we learn, to, to grow and to be transformed. So um, for our text today, I wish I had time to like teach the text, take it apart, but your pastors are good at that. We'll just let you know that, you know, what does God have to say about being in relationship? And it's from Romans 12, and it'll be on the screen in a moment. But what you need to know, for those of you who know your Bible, you already know this, but uh, the Apostle Paul, who wrote Romans in chapters 9, 10, and 11, he does this amazing job of detailing the gospel. And you know what I love about your church is you guys actually preach the gospel. You might be like, doesn't every church? No. No, they don't. They don't preach the glorious grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and what he has done and what he has accomplished and how amazing it is. Many churches, and we were in this, we did this, we failed in many ways, you know, we, we preached works, you know. It's all about what we do. We were very sin-focused versus Savior-focused. And I love how your church is very Savior-focused. Anyway, Paul does all this, and then in, you know, there's no chapters in the Bible, but in chapter 12, coming right off of 11, where he's like, I mean, from him, through him, to him, all glory. I mean, this is so amazing. Now he's going to say, I appeal to you, therefore. Now, on the basis of the gospel, of who Jesus is and what he's done and the love that the Father has for us, by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Folks, small groups require sacrifice holy, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Now, don't be conformed to this world. Conform to this world, individual, independent, isolated. Be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by the testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. Now, if I, for by the grace given to me, Paul says, you know, I say to everyone among you, don't think of yourself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, 
each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. Okay, each of you has a measure of faith. And this is what I love about the vineyard. We believe everybody gets to play. Every one of you has something to bring to a small group. Okay, every one of you. And Paul, you know, he goes through here and mentions some of those gifts. For in one body, many members, members don't all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ. And individually, members, there we go, one of another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to each of us. Let's use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith. If service in our serving. The one who teaches in his teaching. The one who exhorts in his exhortation. The one who contributes in generosity. You like that one. <laughs> but you like that one. The one who leads with zeal. The one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Here we go. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another <laughs> in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal, but fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to do what? Show hospitality. Wow, that's like a mouthful, right? But do you get the picture? Paul's saying, you know, in light of what Jesus has done for us, therefore, Let's sacrifice ourselves on behalf of one another. Let's bring what we have to share, whether it's prophecy or service or mercy or generosity or hospitality. Let's bring it and just outdo one another in love. And uh, it's, it's just a beautiful, beautiful picture. And, you know, you can't, you can't produce that fruit apart from an ongoing commitment and filling of the Holy Spirit. You know, that's his fruit, love and joy and prophecy. All, I mean, that's one of his gifts, but all of it. So we would say the number one blessing from small groups is that, you know, obedience to God brings blessing. And in spite of my resistance and my lack of desire at times, I have to testify over and over and over again, our lives have been so richly, richly, richly blessed by commitment to small groups. See, somewhere in America, we've picked up the idea that Christianity means we show up on Sunday morning, give an hour or so. It's hard to do all these things up here about loving each other, praying for each other, caring about each other, just when you kind of casually see each other here in a big group. Jesus' model was 12 people. (laughs) He spent time with them. He shaped them. He molded them. He worked with them. Now, not forever, and sometimes people think a group should go on forever. I think they get kind well, of Well, Neil stale. said they discovered yeah. not a good idea. Yeah, they, they, I mean, Jesus was delaying, yeah. so they had to. But we have a little bit of this, um, you know, America's been shaped by our Western push from the cowboys to this sort of I'm a solo hero. I can do it myself. Mm-hmm. And uh, I actually started that way in the church. I didn't care about people at all. I can't believe God called me to be a pastor. I mean, it's like... But you're a testimony of transformation, Yeah, but today, I just love hanging around. I love it more than she does, and she was the one that used to like it. Now I'm the one that likes it, and I think, you know, I I love being with you, but I'm actually missing being back in Champaign-Urbana. And and so um, 
this whole thing of mindset, let me give you an illustration how important uh, connection is. I had these two guys that kind of randomly walked into church. One was, they're both about 60. One was kind of a millionaire builder and the other did a blacktop construction company. I found out they weren't saved and somehow I became friends with them. I led them to the Lord and I looked at Diane and said, they're going to die in the church. Mm-hmm. What am I going to do with them? Well, she said, why don't you start a small group? I thought about it for a few days and so I did. I started a small group with these guys. We became great friends. We saw them grow like weeds. They were in church every week. They didn't even know a church every, they didn't even know church was every week before. But they, they wanted to see me. It was one of their points of contact. They just were transformed. Yes. It was an amazing experience to have two guys and and you know, I, I was kind of equally matched with them. I'd come out of the business world years ago. But it was a thrill, a challenge. I changed their life. They changed my life. I would tell stories about them in my messages. I told you about them all the time. I I couldn't believe how joyful I was pouring into them. And obviously, I've done this for many years. No, you you really, it it was a, a beautiful example. I mean, you were still, we were still lead pastors at that time. So, and and our church is large, but I saw you take time individually with them, and then you were so concerned about their spiritual growth that you were like, no, we're going to do a small group. And uh, Hap has an amazing gift, actually. Like, you truly value every person as made in the image of God doesn't care like one guy was really kind of a hardcore construction worker so my point is he's kind of a different personality he has different language you know and then over here you have this millionaire builder okay and you didn't notice any of that it's just like these are men I've been in the army you've been in the army that's true (laughs) anyway I love that so number one blessing it was just hanging out with yeah. these. It changed you, my you, life. We, you and got blessed. I was yeah. in my, this was 10 years ago, but yeah. I was in my, I was 65, 74 yes. now. So it, it brings renewal to pour into others. It does. It's yes. a blessing that yes. you can't get any other yes. way. Yes. So number two, um, we want to talk about um, another blessing, and that is just direct partnership with the Holy Spirit. Now, you may or may not actually always be aware of how you're partnering. Let me tell you our story. So back in 1976, Happy and I, we'd been believers for about five years, and we were part of a cessationist church. So they did not believe in the Holy Spirit, did not believe in miracles, did not believe you know, in any of that. It was a great church, great people. They just didn't acknowledge that, any of the miraculous. But we were so hungry, and now we look back and we realize hunger is a gift from God. Like, when you're hungry to know more, like, that, that's the Holy Spirit stirring you. We didn't know that. So we started gathering a small group of, we were all young professionals. He was in the business world. I was teaching school. They were, we were all young professionals to study the Bible, although our church did not want us studying the Bible. I know, that's a whole other story. But during this journey, we formed very, very deep friendships as we, and we didn't understand the Bible. Have any of you ever found the Bible like terribly confusing? Well, I do. And I've been reading and studying the Bible and preaching the Bible for a long time, but it's confusing, especially without the Holy Spirit as the teacher. So anyway, throughout that experience, 
we experienced a incredible baptism in the Holy Spirit in 1977. Well, let me tell you, that small group changed. You want to know why? Because instead of like, like, oh, what? I just don't get this. What? And people would come to our house. They'd sit on our couch, and we would just pray for them. Uh, we knew nothing. We, we barely could, we could. We knew nothing. We would pray for them. Holy Spirit would blast them. They'd fall on the floor, speak in tongues. Demons would scream. I mean, trust me, we're from an Anabaptist background, very Mennonite, very controlled, very, I mean, this is all wild and crazy to us. But we watched as people's lives were just turned upside down and inside out. Well, that was a turning point uh, for our whole lives. It has to do, too, with our experiencing miraculous healing from infertility and, and uh, you know, being like God granting us, which against all medical, um, you know, pronouncements, you know, uh, we experienced the miraculous pregnancy and the birth of our first son. And what we didn't know, and this is my bottom line, is we thought, you know, we're just randomly are in this small group. You know, then we get blasted by the Holy Spirit. Then we receive a miracle. You know, then we give birth to a, a, a son. And what God was actually doing was birthing a church. You see, it was out of that group <laughs> that this church that we've pastored now since 19, that started in 1976, 77, 78 then, grew um, the Vineyard Church of Central Illinois. And we ended up both having to leave our careers. And that's, again, a much bigger story. The point is, you never really know. You really don't. You always, by faith, is the Holy Spirit doing that? Like, we looked over your groups. I love the groups. Like, different people are doing the Watchman Knee book, the Andrew Farley book, oh, Danny Silk, Keep Your Love On. You've got some awesome groups, connect groups, that you can join right now. And you're going to go. You don't know. You don't know what God's going to birth out of that. You don't know what the Holy Spirit's going to start. You just walk in there in obedience and watch him because he wants to partner with you. It may not be to birth a church, but who knows what it might be. Um, so if you know anything about me, I have a theory for everything. I've just, I sit and watch things, and I developed this theory that I think it's really true. It ties into what you're saying. A lot of people come up to me and say, Happy, I want to be in the ministry. Mm -hmm. I, I just look at them real calmly. So you're in a small group. They say, you didn't hear me. I said, I want to be in ministry. I said, yeah, are you in a small group? Well, no. I said, why don't you get in a small group? They, they want to be on the staff. Yeah, they want to be on the staff. Now I say, why, why don't you lead a small group? And through the years, I developed this theory that if you can't gather people, lead a small group, and do ministry, you don't have any business being a pastor of a church. Okay? So I just say, your training ground is a small group. Mm-hmm. Plus, those of you in the business world that don't have no intention of maybe being a, a, a pastor on a paid, a paid pastor, but you can learn leadership skills, yes. you can learn people skills, you can learn conflict resolution skills. Small <laughs> groups are an amazing place. Uh, we Americans are just, we're crazy. We overlook one of the greatest benefits the church can offer us to move ahead. And if you... 
There, there's two things you must do if you want to be a, a pastor or leader in our church. You have to have led small groups well. And interestingly, you have to be a giver. I threw that in for free, Stan. I, <laughs> Jesus says in Luke 16, if I can't trust you with money, I can't trust you with people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so... Oh, young people get really mad at me when I tell them those two things. But that's another story. Yeah, it's a and, good story, uh, though, and it's a but, true story. Uh, so what's the third yeah. one on Okay, here? so we've done, you know, the blessing of small group. Obedience brings blessing. Obedience to what God says is the best way of life. Secondly, obedience, you know, uh, or blessing of partnership with the Holy Spirit, which what an amazing, amazing privilege for all of us. And then... Thirdly, just the blessing of transformation through body ministry. Like, we actually believe, you know, a small group isn't just gathering together to drink coffee and shoot the breeze. You know, you will do that because we believe in a very integrated life. Like at the men's retreat, they're going to play Frisbee and grill meat, and then they're going to worship and pray. You know, that's, 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 how, that's very holistic. And small groups in the same way. There's going to be great fellowship, but always, okay, what's the Holy Spirit doing? And he's in the business of transformation, yeah. and we you, love that. You businessmen and women, listen to this story I'm about to tell you, because small groups are not just for healing your hurts, your pains, your physical things. We're in a small group sitting in our, on the power couch in our living room. This is quite a number of years ago, but a guy in our group, sees the vice president of one of the major athletic companies of America sitting in there. He said, you know, I got a word for you. This is in small group context. He says, you're trying to sell your products too cheaply. You need to decide to become the best producer of your products in the field and reverse your strategy. Raise the prices. Yeah, raise your prices, sell the best product, the Cadillacs versus we used to say Volkswagen. I don't think Volkswagens are cheap anymore, but we used to say that. Yeah, I but, mean, I was thinking, wait, is, it, is this a word of knowledge yeah, the Holy Spirit? I, I, honestly. Or, I, you know, like I, it sounds so... I'm stunned. Yeah. They go home. <laughs> the guy goes back to his office. The president of the company comes to our vineyard. They pray over it. They decide it's a word of the Lord. They raise their products. Today, they're the most elite track and field producers in America. Uh, you'll see it on Olympic poles, the word gill, G-I-L-L. Mm -hmm. You'll see it on hurdles. They become very generous. He's the biggest giver in the church. His testimony goes right to that word of knowledge. Yes, yes. So we don't, don't limit your healing and your influence to simply, are you feeling okay yeah. today? Are you, to How about holistic view? God wants to prosper companies because he wants to take care of churches eventually so his kingdom can get remember Deut Deuteronomy 8 18 mm -hmm. I prospered you to further my plans mm -hmm. see so God's always looking and he's trying to help us and it just makes it different. now the, he'll work with people we have a, a guy who lives not too far from us right that around the corner has been in our small group that had trouble with alcohol I've ministered to this guy. I've drug well, him out of bed when he's hurting. Well, right. Like, we, we live close enough that we saw the ambulance go in his driveway because yeah. he had about died from um, alcohol consumption. Yeah, and, but I stayed with him, and we had dinner the other night. It we was did. a great dinner. He's, he's sober. Sober at <laughs> the moment. I keep praying for another day like the AA people. Well, and he's brilliant. He's oh, very he's, smart. He's, he's the best. He works in the banking industry. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. You know, Hap, too, I was thinking... Um, uh, yeah. Oh, we'll go to that in a second. Yeah. Um, I wanted to share just a moment. 
you know, you guys are going to do, it looks like mostly book studies, which, I mean, I'm a reader, so I'm all for that. But um, a group that, like, revolutionized my life and the lives of our family for probably 20 years, 15, 17 years, every Tuesday night at 9 o'clock, I walked over to a neighbor, and we, me, the neighbor, and two other women, sometimes three, gathered to pray for one hour for all of our children. And, and please don't think like it was like this super spiritual, I mean, we would get there, and then we kind of, you know how women do, we were like, talked for 45 minutes, and then we quick prayed, but often we'd say, okay, Lord, you heard everything that's on our heart, because he's there, of course, and uh, so we, there, out of that group, there was probably a total of, I want to say, 20, 22 kids, all of them are adults, all of them are in some various degrees of relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, not all on fire, but I'm not even contributing it to those prayers, except those prayers got our kids through a whole lot of trouble and a whole lot of challenges because they all were in public schools and, you know, lots of different things. And we prayed all the way up to the time that our kids were married. So just a, a small group can look just like that, um, and the Holy Spirit's work can be done. Yeah. One thing else, um, and then I want to hit point four, but... Yeah. You can't, don't expect your pastors to do all your care. When we were in the country of Ireland, we heard them talk about in their church, they talk about instead of pastor care, they talk about pastor share. Yeah, pastoral, pastoral share, share, that we share. Share the burdens care of one, for one another. another. That yeah. happens best in small groups. I don't have time to elaborate that, but that ought to be your first focal point of when you're in need. Mm -hmm. You need a meal. You need hospital visit. You need anything. It ought to come from your small group. That's how tight you ought to be. We're, we're kind of getting short on time. Tell them okay. number four. and Yeah, number I, four, and we won't even elaborate on this. Um, and this is the incredible blessing of friendship. I mean, it was Mother Teresa, who's now been gone for several years, made the statement when asked, like, you, you've been in the poorest of poor. You've worked with the sickest of the sick. What, what is the worst disease you have ever encountered? And she said, oh, that's easy. Loneliness. And we know, thanks to the pandemic, that loneliness has skyrocketed. People are lonely. Some of you here are lonely. And and the Lord, he, he wants a family. He wants us connected. He knows the danger of isolation and independence. And the, the, the blessing of friendship is one of the greatest, greatest treasures. And it's difficult, too. But Okay. I, if you haven't listened to anything else, listen to this. All right. I'm going to tell you the secret that changed my life. Bob Fulton was the brother-in-law of John Wimber, the founder of the vineyard. And Bob was like the pastor of the, of the vineyard. He took care of all of us. He said something that forever impacted me, and nobody believes it as strong as me. I, I've tried and tried <laughs> to pound it into people. They don't always listen. There's large groups in a church, and there's small groups. This is a large group. It's a different creature than a small group. A large group is wonderful. He mentioned the Ohio State football game. 
You have 100,000 people, the more the merrier. You're excited that everybody and his brother's there, and you're all shouting, but you're all looking at something down there on the field. Mm -hmm. And you're watching the hair pattern on the back of the guy's head in front of you. That's all you know about him. And you can come home from that game, and Wes sitting at that game could have said, I sat by somebody the whole game. They never, (laughs) Neil. Hi, Wes. Uh, He could have sat beside somebody the whole game, that person never said a word to him, and I bet you'd have never gone home and said to your wife that it was an unfriendly stadium. Right? In fact, lots of you are happy if that neighbor doesn't say anything. Okay? <laughs> I, okay, I understand. Now, I'm an extrovert, so I'm probably yapping away anyhow. But, okay. So, now, now did you just notice something? Any group of 200, and you're getting really around that 200 number, you can't make friends in groups over 200 people. Yet people come to big churches like ours and say, I don't have any friends. Mm -hmm. What's going on here? Small groups are a totally different animal. They're usually 15, 10 to 20, 15. You look at people's Mm face-to-face. You share history. Mm -hmm. Okay, when Wes and I share history that we were both at the game, we start to connect. Unfortunately, he has wrong views of Ohio State, but, <laughs> you know, but, but we start to connect. We have a common ground. That's how friendships form. They don't form because you're sitting as one of these people here in the, in, in the seats here today. So what am I saying? You want a church that's friendly? You have a little bit of responsibility in this game. They're working to give you opportunities. They're setting up containers where you can make friends. But if you don't jump in, you might leave this church and say they're an unfriendly bunch. I doubt that they're any unfriendlier Mm -hmm. or maybe not even any more friendly than any other group of human Mm -hmm. beings. You didn't understand the dynamics of how friendships are made. And if you don't participate in those dynamics, you'll end up having an experience that you didn't think was as good as it should have been. You get involved with people, pretty soon you'll start thinking that Neil's really a good guy. You know, Dennis too Dennis and Wes and their families and all the leaders around here so the church is a two wing bird the early church met in the temple big, big meetings house to house mm-hmm. yeah. and you know any hunters here have ever winged a bird on one wing he doesn't fly very well does he mm-hmm. you know, he's kind of walking around on the ground flopping that's part of the problem with churches did you, did you give Bob Fulton's quote What was Bob Fulton's quote? You know. Oh, people come to church? Yeah. Yeah. People come to church for many reasons. They only stay for one. They have friends. I mean, you'd hope, you'd say, oh, because God is here. We got a great building. We like the pastors. Worship is amazing, which those are all important. But Yeah, you absolutely have to connect people into somebody. If you look at any church, our church at one point was 3,000 there were little churches inside our church. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're connected to somebody, or they're connected to one of the staff pastors. We have 20-some pastors. They're connected to somebody. Who are you connected to? So your job is to help connect people. That's the name of your groups. I love that. It's a great name, and people need connection. They need community. Mm. They need everything. So you guys are on the right track. Mm. Now the job is to just follow through and live it out, and you're the ones that get to lead. New somebody new comes in, 
They ought to have five invitations to five different groups. Don't feel bad if there are multiple invitations. Mm -hmm. Let them pick it. But you be the one that goes out and does it. Yeah, and I think there's more leaders sitting out here, too. Oh, there's a lot of leaders sitting out here. (laughs) Yes, yes. That we're actually going to ask God to release here in a little bit. Yeah. So uh, this was mostly practical, but I pray the Holy Spirit breathed on it for you that small groups do bring big blessings, blessings of obedience to God and thankfulness for who he is and what he's done. You know, the blessing of partnering with the Holy Spirit, getting to bring your gift to share and to give away. Gifts are never just for us. They're always to give to others. That, you know, we have the whole blessing of watching transformation happen to others, but also to us. Uh, Very profound transformation, whether it's our business or our bodies or our families. And then lastly, the blessing of friendship and you know, we are a family. I love it says, welcome to the family on one of your big walls down there. It's like, yes, that's so prophetic. This is a family. And the father so loves it when the family uh, not only gathers here, but scatters and in homes or coffee shops or wherever to connect with one another and share the life and the love that Jesus has given you and see it bring blessing and transformation to someone else. Yeah. So I'd like to pray over you as a group. Then we're going to have some ministry time. Um, and I got some words for a few people that I want to share. Okay. But is that okay? Yeah. Okay. okay. So, Father, I just I pray over this group right now. In fact, let, let's just where you are. Some of you feel God calling you to lead. I just want you to stand where you are. We don't have to lay hands on you or anything. I just, you feel like God's calling you to lead. Now, maybe not right now, but you know that's a call in your life. I'd, like to, I'd just like to bless that. Just stand up if you think God's calling you to actually lead. Lord, I, I just pray over this whole church, and there, there's a lot more of you that are supposed to be leading. Yeah, but, actually, uh, I want to call on some women to stand. And, you know, uh, uh, I mean, I know Neil and Dennis' heart and Wes's heart that they believe women are anointed and gifted by God, too. Uh, but we need more women in this church to rise up. And, and so some of you have teaching gifts and exhorting gifts and prophetic gifts, and those can be used in the small group. So women, don't hesitate. All right. Yeah. So, Lord, I just pray yeah. again over this whole group yeah. that you'll give boldness, Thank courage, you. and confidence to these men and women standing. You'll give uh, the hearts in the rest of the people to really go for the things that you're asking right now to happen. Lord, I pray that you open their eyes and take them to the next step. Lord, a year from now, I want to see this church bubbling with groups and excitement in Jesus' name. Yeah, and, uh, that's good. Hap, uh, also, I don't know if it applies to people that are standing, but there's some here, and if you can still stand, uh, that you've been hurt. You, you had stepped into leadership. You've led things. You have been betrayed. You've been super disappointed. Uh, I mean, people are mean, and particularly Christian people are mean. I'm sorry to say that, but they are. And I mean, thankfully, we have the one inside of us who was betrayed, and he empowers us as we live in union with him. You know. And so I would just pray over anyone who has experienced wounds from leading that has kept you hesitant, maybe even wounds from uh, participating in a group, like, I'm not doing that again. Holy Spirit, break, just gush in with your healing power. 
I ask that you touch deep, deep, deep wounds. Uh, people who've been rejected, uh, people who've been disrespected and dishonored, we break the enemies, uh, wounding in their hearts and release healing power that the love of the Holy Spirit can just be poured into you afresh. And we thank you for that. Okay. Go ahead and have a seat for just a moment. Um, during uh, early part of the service, I kind of wander around and uh, everybody thinks I'm distracted. I'm actually trying to follow what the Lord's telling me to do. You do and, have ADHD, honey. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I was a special ed teacher. No, I know. It just wasn't diagnosed that long ago. <laughs> well, it's, it's okay. It's never boring around me. There will either be a new blessing that I create or a problem. <laughs> True. They, they both will take energy. But um, I had dinner last night at Marina. She cooked some salmon, and I probably had salmon at some of the best restaurants in America. It was the best I ever had. And the Lord showed me something about you. There's a lot of gifts in you that have been lying beneath the surface that haven't been released. And the Lord said he's... Father. he's no, just go ahead. I'm just okay. He's in a season of reaching deep in your heart, stirring him up. Confidence, boldness, and assurance is going to be a new trademark of yours, and you're going to emerge as a significant leader of helping women come out of their shells and become all that God called them to be. You want yeah. to add to that? No, but as you were praying for her, I got the same, like, that same word applies to Deb, who's back in the tech booth, that... Um, Deb is like a secret uh, weapon of this church, <laughs> a very quiet, like a stealth. <laughs> but um, yeah, Deb, we just bless the gifting that the Holy Spirit has put in you and who you are and just a time of true blossoming and fruitfulness uh, beyond what you had expected. And uh, yes, I just bless just that quiet, um, joyful, um, spirit of commitment, and uh, the Lord hears your prayers. And so I bless those, and I bless you to hear what, what he has for you. Um, and I just hear, uh, I bless you and uh, Neil's marriage, and I've seen that it's healthy and strong. But I bless you to step out of his shadow, step out of his shadow, and into the light of the Lord, in Jesus' name. Yeah. Amen. Um, the bass guitar player, I think your last name is Massey or something like that? Where, where is he? Oh, he's back here. Okay. Um, I, he and I talked out in the commons area out there. And uh, of scripture I had for you is Proverbs 18, 16. You were telling me you'd done some of the work on the building, which is phenomenal work. I've, I've toured your building. And you guys have one of the finest facilities of this size mm -hmm. in the whole vineyard. Mm -hmm. But you've done phenomenal work. And Proverbs 18, 16 says, a man's gift opens doors. You aren't just gifted in the natural building hammer stuff. You're gifted in the spirit realm. I don't know if that's ever dawned on you, but there's a lot more leadership and gifting in you to build men and women as well as build beautiful walls and windows and all that good stuff. So the Lord just wants to expand your vision, help you understand a bigger picture and to see more than you ever had before. Mm -hmm. All right? And then um, the young man that was playing guitar standing right about here, not, not West, but the other one. Is that you back there? Yeah. Um, 
I'm really taking a chance on this one, but as I, as I watched you, the Lord said uh, you've had hurts, pains, and kind of a tumultuous past, and the Lord said, I'm going to fill the holes in your life, time of healing, an amazing period of restoration lies ahead, and your real gifting and anointing will emerge. Does that make any sense to you? Okay. So just know the Lord knows your name, your address, he loves you, and you're pretty special. <laughs> and then one more word is to uh, Lyndon, the former pastor. Where is he hiding? There you are. Okay. Um, I had the word for you that latter rains are always supposed to be bigger than the first rains. And uh, I know you've essentially finished one part of your career and everything. I felt the Lord said the influence you have on people around you will be greater in this season of your life than all the years put together of your life before. In fact, a word that I heard often when I was about uh, from 65 to 70, God has bigger plans for you than you're imagining. And I think that's really true for you, Linda. And there's a lot left in you. You understand a lot of things. He's poured a lot into you. And the Lord's a really good businessman. He doesn't pour a lot into somebody and then kind of shove them on the shelf. He takes them and puts them in uh, extra places. So uh, be alert. I think the Lord's about to open new avenues, new doors for you. Um, you're obviously an influential person, but I think God's going to increase that. So, and if yeah, any of these I words saw, miss what, the mark, come and tell me. Uh, when you were uh, praying over, is it Lyndon or Lyndon. Landon? Lyndon. Yeah. Um, I, I like had a flash of like um, uh, a word that Hap has been given to you, but it's like the Holy Spirit was like highlighting it. You know, you have an apostolic call. I mean, we don't, in, our, in the vineyard, we don't call people apostles or prophets or, you know, but uh, you have an apostolic call. And, you know, in its most biblical, beautiful form, you know, that you have a call to fathering. And I know you fathered, you told me five children in, in the natural and you have a boatload of grandkids. But um, I want to bless that fathering call on your life to father. We have a hungry generation. The millennials, the Gen Zs, they are hungry for fathering. And Neil, that's on you too. And it's, you know, it, we learned this really coming, um, you know, from the Bethel movement, you know, that we're friends with. And Bill Johnson t spoke to Hap about you know, you, there's an apostolic call, but it don't think of it like, yeah, I'm an apostle, man, I'm going to go, man, I'm going to be really cool. No, it's a fathering call. And so I know that's on you, that's on Lyndon, I think it's on several, just, you know, because you have a very, really a wonderful older population here, uh, and we need you for the young ones coming up, so, yeah. It's on that man at work, it's on the man at work for International Harvest. Oh, yeah, the gardener. Right there. It's on him. Yes, it is yeah. on you. Yes. Yeah. So, Lord, we bless just that fathering. And it's a mother call, too, on the women. We don't ever want to leave the women, by the wayside, because <laughs> Jesus didn't. And so we bless that call to be fathers and mothers to this younger generation who are hungry, hungry to be mentored, who need wisdom, who need discipleship. And so we bless. And, Lord, maybe some of these connect groups will be an awesome intergenerational group 
of fathers and mothers caring for the younger ones. It's also on the guy who just moved here from South Carolina, who was in the prayer meeting. John. Yeah, John. Yes, it's on you too. The, just that, that fathering. You have so much to give away. So much to give away. And fathers, we, we know this from you know, just being fathers and mothers in the natural. The, our greatest joy is giving it away to our children blessing them, seeing their lives. And so I, yeah, you have a lot to give away. So I bless that. Um, yeah. I know we're getting, we're running on, but yes, we're I, running I'd on. like Neil, Wes, and Dennis, and your spouses come up, if you would, and just stand kind of like right down here. I just want to bless these uh, three leaders that you have. I know you have other leaders, but church will go as they go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for good or bad. It, it, it It's unfair sometimes uh it puts a lot of pressure on them but it also is really important that you lift these three up uh and as couples and pray for them they're pretty gifted i i oversaw 70 churches for a while and i'd have taken them in a heartbeat any one of them (laughs) you got three in a package here so uh, i'm just going to lay hands on them and bless them that god gives them everything they need to take you to the next level because God's doing something here. So, Father, in Jesus' name, I just pray over these three couples that their lives would be totally fruitful, totally impacted, and, Lord, you would give them more than they could ask or imagine. You would open doors for them. You would give them great, great blessings, and you would give them uh, the dreams of their heart because the the dreams in their heart are what you've given them for this congregation. Lord, let it happen. Let wonderful things go. Every seat that's in here, Lord, I ask that it be filled, and we need a second service. Yes. And that it just, there, there's just a way that we're going to see this area as a group of people, and we're going to win this to make Jesus famous. We're going to get him glorified. We're going to see signs, wonders, miracles, the presence of the Spirit. Lord, oh, Lord, bless and prosper them as they step out in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We so need ministry team and it, yeah, I think why, why didn't the ministry team come on up? And uh, if somebody would like prayer beyond what we've talked about, or um, you want you definitely w- anything in regards to releasing uh, some of the giftings we talked about today. I had a sense there's some people here to be released in prophetic ministry and also in generosity um, and teaching. Well, any then, of those gifts listed in, yeah, in Romans. Yeah, and then anyone with any kind of physical issue, um, we would love uh, to pray. So let's go ahead and stand. And uh, is, that, is that how we then just bless people to either go, you're free to go, or come forward for prayer, and we'll have people ready to pray with you. So, Father, uh, we thank you for each precious person that you brought today, and we're trusting you, Lord. You know the need, and you know what you want to do. And I thank you for loving us so lavishly and over and over and over. And so draw your people forward for ministry and empower uh, our ministry team, Lord, to pray in the name of Jesus that your kingdom may come, your will be done today in this place, in his name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more information about our church, visit vineyardnorthridge.org or find us on social media at Vineyard Northridge.